The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of the Source of Truth podcast. And we greatly appreciate the wonderful opportunity to spend some time together with you, uh, albeit online, but just to spend some time together in God's Word and greatly appreciate the privilege we have to teach God's Word and to study it. And we hope that the few verses we look at today will truly be an inspiration to you. Uh, Today's passage we're going to evaluate and unpack is very much a, uh, as a matter of fact, passage. What you see is really straightforward, but I think the straightforward nature of what we're going to look at definitely helps us to have an appropriate perspective on life, and I definitely hope that'll help. So Ecclesiastes chapter 9, we're moving along in the book as we've been here for a couple of weeks, and so we're going to do verses 1 through, technically 1 through 6. Uh, We'll glance at 7 here in a moment, but starting in chapter 1, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 1, uh, we're going to break up into four thoughts. Let's uh, unpack these four, uh, these, uh, excuse me, six verses. Verse 1 says, For all this I considered in my heart, excuse me, even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. No man knoweth either love or hated by no man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them. So let's just start with that first verse, because what he's talking about, he's ultimately going to work his way to a perspective on life. Solomon's he's coming off the aspect, I mean, he's leaving the vanity of life without God. Now he's moving to the perspective of life with God and wisdom. But one of the things he's going to look straight at is, just, you know, we talked about in the last chapter, things we can control, things we can't control. And well, how do we submit ourselves to things that we just can't control and move forward. Now, one of the things he's going to reference here in a moment is death. There's just some things, including that, we know are happening. But how do the realities, there's three things that are real, that are just obvious things about us, that about life, that are needed before we can have the proper perspectives. The first thing he states in verse 1 is that we must understand that everything is in the hand of God. Now, I, we've mentioned this before, but it bears repeating that when we understand that everything's in the hand of God, for those of us who trust God and walk in God, that's a very comforting thing. For those of us who are not walking with God, or those of us either who have not been saved, don't really know what we think about God, or but are saved and are not walking with God, this is not always as comforting. Uh, because we've stepped away, and so we can't always expect God to provide when we are the ones that have stepped away. And so there's a level of comfort. It's also a challenge to realize that if everything's in the hand of God as Christians, well, then we should just walk with Him, and we find the greatest blessing there. And please understand, walking with Him is not a list of of these religious, rigid rules of things we can and can't do. Actually, we're going to look at a verse here that I think really helps us to understand that in a couple of minutes. But it really comes down to the understanding of just understanding who God is and His love and His grace and His mercy, and, and, and it gives us a better perspective of Him. So verse 1, everything's in God's hand. Verse 2, all things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the clean, and to the unclean, to him that, sacrif- uh, that sacrificeth and to him that sacrificeth not. As is the good, so is the sinner, and he that sweareth as he that feareth an oath. And he's simply talking about the dead. 
It says all one thing's going to happen, whether you're really good, really bad, whether you are active in sacrifice and worship the Lord, whether you're not, there's one thing that everybody is going to face, and that is the reality of life. So the first thing is that everything is in the hand of God. Secondly, all of us are going to face the reality that life does come to an end. Now you say, why in the world would he bring up something this depressing? Well, let me tell you something. And if you've ever had a loved one pass away, you understand, you understand a bit what I'm talking about here. You ever been to the funeral of a loved one, you're going to get an understanding that while you're there and you think about their last bits of time on earth and your time here and all the reflection that comes during the time of a funeral, one of the things that goes through your mind of somebody that you close to that you've lost is it completely changes your perspective on life. The things that are important become more important. There are certain things in life that while they're, they're, they're not bad, they, they lose a level of their value when you begin to look at the brevity and reality of life. It helps change your perspective. Here's the point. If you think life is just about pleasure, you're going to realize when you begin to evaluate the reality of death, that's not accurate at all. Then he goes to verse 3. This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun. And that there is one event unto all. Yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil. And madness is in their heart while they live and after they go to the dead. So he, he says that everything's in the hand of God. The reality of life and the brevity of life. Then he talks about the reality of our heart. Our heart breeds to evil. Our heart desires after it. Yes, even Christians. Because, see, when I get saved, I gain the Holy Spirit. But I do not lose my heart. There's a section in, in the New Testament, I won't quote it correctly because it is complicated but on purpose, but uh, Paul says the things that I should do, the good, those are things I don't. And the things that I don't do, I find myself doing those things. There's all the good in life that I should, I don't know why, but I just don't. And these things that I should stay away from, I'm drawn to them. And that's just a proof of fact that even though the Holy Spirit's in my life, that part of me that desires evil is still there. And so that's why I must exercise, work out my salvation with fear and trembling, develop it, grow it, allow the Holy Spirit to teach me. He says in 1 John, if I claim that I have no sin, I deceive myself and the truth is not in me. So I have to understand that sin is part, and, and there's a perspective. That is just unfortunately part of who I am. And so I must work and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to my heart so that I can grow beyond that and find strength to not let that rule and reign. He says, not let your flesh reign in your mortal body. Let it not control you. Let it have the direction in your life. So he gives us three things that are true. All things are in God's hand, the brevity of life, the reality of our, of our of their part of our condition, our, our natural condition. Then he takes three verses and he talks about, I think, how it kind of changes our perspective. Verse 6, for to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. He's simply saying, when you're alive, death has not come. There's still hope. There's still hope for you. There's still hope for your future. Hope that you can get more out of life because you're still alive. Very simple thought. Verse 5, For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything, neither have they any more reward for the memory of them that's forgotten. The living know that right now they can change their perspective because they're still alive. So there's still hope to make better decisions, to grow, to make an impact, to serve the Lord. There's still that hope. The dead can't make those decisions because obviously their life is over. Again, very simple truth. Verse 6, also their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. So their love and envy is gone. They can't gain anything more. They can't reconcile anymore. Life's over. So while you're alive, there is a chance 
to reconcile, gives a perspective. So here's what he says in verse 7. Go thy way, eat the bread with joy, and drink the wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works. I want you to see that. So he starts off and he says, listen, because of all this, go, enjoy life, live a merry heart. Why? Because God accepteth your works. One more thing we look at is, in all of this, it comes to a perspective. So if, if all I want to do is, hey, and, and there, there are all kinds of different philosophies, humanism and all these other aspects. And some of these philosophies literally state life is just a disease and when it's over, it's better. Life would say it's all about pleasure, and none of we can name four or five of these, and none of them are accurate. The one really comes down to the truth, the reality of life, that we were born, we were created by God, we are to live because the next step is heaven or hell. And what we do in this life, the decisions we make establish how our life is in eternity, the main decision, what we're going to do with Christ when life is at the end. So we have an opportunity. God has given us a period of time on earth the question is, what are we going to do with it? What perspective do we have? If we're all about just getting, 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 what happens when our life is over? What are we remembered for? What impact have we made? What influence for good have we made in those areas? And so when you look at the reality that, listen, all things are in God's hands, so I'm not really going to panic about life. There is an end, and so my key is more about focusing on now to then. What can I do? What good can come from it? Um, you know, Then when I look at the idea that, Part of me is evil, so I need to focus on good. But I need to strive to understand that while I have life, there is good that I can do. There's people that I can encourage. There's a God that I can serve. That is the perspective that I have. So let me encourage you. You don't, you don't have to have a near-death experience to have this perspective. What you just need to do is recognize the reality of what we're reading here. Recognize the reality that there, these things are true. Now, it's kind of depressing to look at them, but it's not about the depressing end. These are just facts of life. Even, even the world, you say two things that are guaranteed in life, and that is you know, what, death and taxes. And so what we look at is while we know these things are coming, we know it's a reality, then hopefully we'll have a perspective that helps us live efficiently, helps us to embrace what is important, what is valuable, and invest into that. Because when we have a short time and we invest it into what is good. Well, I thank you again for joining us today. Appreciate the privilege we have to be a part of your day and hope it's an encouragement. Hope you continue to stick with us. Share this if it's an encouragement to you, whether it's a, a, one of the video formats or audio. Give us a review on uh, Apple iTunes if, if you're willing to do that. We greatly know that will be an encouragement to us and be a help. We greatly appreciate the privilege to be part of your day. We hope you join us again tomorrow.